Hey, everybody, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephan Cox. Today, to get an idea of the scope of the coronavirus outbreak on the East Coast, we talked with Shannon Powell. She is the head of Indivisible Westchester, which is the county that has been hardest hit in a state, New York, that now has more cases than any other in the U.S. We hear about the view from the ground, and we talk about what members are doing in response, especially in light of their upcoming local and primary elections. That is ahead, so stay with us. So quickly, before we dig in, I just want to let you guys know that I am going to largely abandon the weekly show format for the time being. There is just so much information that needs to get out there, and I'm working on releasing it as much as I can, as quickly as I can. So because the news cycle is moving so fast right now, waiting to release something can mean that it goes stale and irrelevant. So we're just pushing stuff out when it comes out. So with that in mind, on with the show. So as most listeners know, Washington and in particular King County was where the coronavirus began spreading in North America. And while we, of course, continue to track that here on the show, I wanted to reach out to some of our indivisible friends who are being hit hard on the East Coast in Westchester County and specifically in the community of New Rochelle. And so we have with us Shannon Powell. She is the head of Indivisible Westchester and also does Indivisible Westchester's podcast. So she is a uh, fellow podcaster in arms. So, uh, hey, Shannon. <laughs> yes, I, I love that. Uh, podcast for an arm for sure. That is that is a great description. Yeah, I feel like everybody who does media in any shape or form, particularly in both of our regions, has kind of been conscripted into the information fight. So, yeah, we're just kind of using the right. platform as best we can. I'll just ask you, um, how are things going right now? I know that there was just a press conference from your county executive uh, in Westchester. What is the latest? So, yes, you're right. Just about 30 minutes ago, there was a news conference from our county executive, and he has declared a state of emergency for Westchester. That's the county, obviously, Indivisible Westchester, uh, where we are based, just north of the city. And uh, what that means is that schools are going to be closed for at least two weeks, and then we'll see after that. What's interesting that's happened here more regionally is today the governor, Governor Cuomo, actually announced that New York is part of a tri-state agreement with New Jersey and Connecticut where they are going to have a shutdown, kind of like a lockdown of certain – not a lockdown, but a shutdown um, where there are bars, restaurants, gyms casinos are all going to close. Um, so that's kind of interesting in that they're trying to stem stem the growth of this uh, virus by seeing if they can have, you know, kind of a more regional approach. So uh, that is going into a, an, into a, into a f- effect tomorrow morning. Um, so there's a lot that's growing and changing. I mean, here in Westchester, we have the largest number of cases in the state. 220 is the last, the latest number that I have. Again, that's a number that's changing. So I kind of am. It's always fluid, for sure. Yeah. To a certain extent, but right. But roughly 950 cases throughout New York. Um, So definitely a situation that's growing and changing on the ground here by the minute. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, very fluid. And it, it sounds like that you have had many of the same measures put into place that we have had here uh, in terms of venue closures and limiting the number of people who can gather. Uh, I will ask you personally, as I know you are in Larchmont, is that one of the communities where people are being asked to stay home? Oh, yes, most definitely. Actually, when you talk about this containment zone, so that's where the first case, there was a gathering at a synagogue, and, and the cases kind of grew out of that. That's probably about a mile and a half from where I live. And that is in New Rochelle. Correct. Right, right. Larchmont and New Rochelle uh, are, are right next door to each other. And I think this containment zone, which is, was a mile radius, I'm about a quarter, my house is about a quarter of a mile outside of that containment zone. And I have a lot of friends um, and fellow resistors who live within New Rochelle. In fact, kind of how we're set up in, in Westchester is indivisible. Westchester is almost... Uh, it's almost like a support system for different indivisible groups throughout the county. Um, so a lot of indivisible groups, we made it with each other. And so we're kind of the conduit by which we do a lot of um, coordinating and um, and putting together big events and whatnot. But Indivisible New Rochelle is, is one of the groups right there on the ground. Um, and they have we have members who are doing a lot of, as you said, Invisible groups are taking on, you know, um, educating the public about the the coronavirus, and so a lot of people now are transitioning into helping feed kids who are without, you know, they they don't have school, so now feeding families who need food and school lunches and whatnot. So you are seeing that transition, yeah. um, which is very interesting. Which is what I love so much about the invisible community is that it really is a community, and so you see in a time of crisis, this is a great time where we can actually come together and inform each other and support each other. And, um, you know, that's, again, why I think building community is and the work that we do is so important. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Indivisible uh, is really, it's become a family um, over these last three and a half years. And it is inspiring to me to see the way that we all uh, are are there for each other. We're certainly seeing a lot of that here in, in Washington State and in King County in particular. I, I'm just wondering if you can kind of just give listeners an idea of what things are like in New Rochelle and Larchmont where you are on the ground. I understand that the National Guard is there. Mm-hmm. Are, are people being, you mentioned that people are out volunteering, but are people largely being confined to their homes at this point? Yeah, so you've really seen, it's interesting, because I would say over the past couple of days especially, you're really starting to see people quarantine themselves. I would say that at the end of last week, people were cautious. Maybe they were they were avoiding certain parts of the county. Um, there were, but then as cases spread throughout the county, a couple of the smaller towns, uh, Yorktown, which is about 30 or 40 minutes north of us, actually declared a state of emergency last week. And so you saw, you started to see more and more school systems closed. So what we have in Westchester is we have a county, but it's not a countywide school system. So they're, they're like 40 some odd, maybe not 40 some odd, but there's, there are several school systems. So, you know, it was really up to the different school systems as to what they were going to do. So some school districts closed, others were open, even New Rochelle was open until recently. My daughter's school, um, Monday was the first day that we've been closed, and now it's a countywide, you know, now these school closures are part of the countywide state of emergency. 
So things have really been fluid. And, um, for example, here in town this weekend, it was more quiet and fewer people were going out, but you still went and you saw people at the playgrounds and kids running around. It was a beautiful weekend. Now playgrounds are closed, too, here in town. Libraries are closed. So you're really starting to see that transition from people being cautious, some more cautious than others, to more and more people realizing, look, this is super serious and we really need to stay at home and limit any kind of social interactions. And now you're really starting to see that transition. I know the concern is that what's happening where you are could spread into New York City proper and really worsen the outbreak that's already happening there. And I'll just ask you, have you been into the city? Do you have any sense of what it's like there right now? So it's interesting. I haven't been into it. <laughs> I've stayed at home and I've been doing stuff, uh, working, doing some campaign work. Actually, we're in campaign season here, which is a whole, which I'll get to in just a second. Yeah, please. But, I want to talk uh, about that. My husband commutes into the city, right? My husband commutes into the city, and you know, he says there are fewer and fewer people uh, on the roads and uh, fewer and fewer people going out. Uh, so when he was in today, again, it's kind of that incremental, you know, growth of, of things being less crowded. I mean, definitely here in town, I have many friends now who are working from home. Their, uh, you know, their businesses have told them work from home, don't come in, don't commute. Uh, so, you know, luckily with the technology, more people have that option. But yeah. then again, there are people who don't. So it kind of depends on on what your situation is. Um, you know, I was around somebody this weekend who took the train up and she said the train from the city and she's a student at Columbia and she said it was absolutely empty. I mean, it was, you know, it was almost like a ghost town there on the, on the train. So, uh, you know, I think as this goes on, especially with all the closures, you're just going to see things grind to a halt pretty quickly, even in New York city. Yeah. And you, you know, one of the things that you had alluded to earlier is, you know, when you've got people at home, uh, like this, I think people are looking for ways to stay active, not only physically active, but also politically active. And as you said, your presidential primary is on April 28th. What sorts of work is Indivisible Westchester able to do around uh, the primary? So, well, what's interesting, one of the things that we're really interested in doing is driving uh, not only turnout on the presidential and federal level, but the local level. And so there are a lot of groups, there are a lot of village elections because in Westchester, we have a lot of local towns and villages. And as of right now, again, things are changing and how the governor's new rules in the state of emergency, how this affects village elections, I think is a little bit up in the air. But as of this morning, and I know some some officials who are actually going to the Board of Elections, these village elections that are supposed to be Wednesday, we're still on. So I don't. So you know, up until recently, we had people out canvassing, knocking doors, trying to get people. Because again, we believe that every election matters, and that you should be involved in the mo- as lo- hyper locally as you can, because that's where you can have you of course, have the yeah. greatest impact and make the biggest change. So we had people in the village of Tuckahoe. There were people out knocking doors. They stopped doing that this weekend. They were transitioning to phone banking. But now I think the transition is going to be. Trying and get absentee ballots, um, you know, there's rules around that. And then again, I think there's a question as to whether they're even still going to be on. So just even immediately with these village elections, and, you know, village elections, a vote or two can really 
determine the difference. That's right. Um, and then typically you have older people who work at the polls. I mean, so there's so many things going on. And then there has been some talk uh, for the presidential primary April 28th, that it might be delayed. I know this is happening in other states. Um, I definitely think that whether it's on or off, there will be a real movement to transition to more absentee voting. Um, and then we have primaries in June, on June 23rd. And I think that's definitely going to be a big, a, a, you know, a big movement to have everybody vote by absentee. In addition, though, to these village elections, candidates who have to be on the ballot have been in the petitioning process. So, you know, you have to get signatures to get candidates on the ballot. So a lot of our volunteers volunteer for these local campaigns and work, you know, along um, to get their candidates of choice on the ballot. And, you know, that's a that's a big pro process of knocking doors and trying to get people to sign sign these petitions. And the governor over this weekend actually um, declared that he lowered the petition threshold, the number of signatures you need to get on the ballot, oh, really? and declared that tomorrow at 5 o'clock is the last day that you can collect signatures. So all these campaigns, and that's from very, you know, anybody – who's running for, say, the state assembly, all the way up to Congress, <laughs> these congressional primaries, everybody has to get on the ballot. So across the state, you know, all of these campaigns have been scrambling to try and petition in the midst of a coronavirus. So it's just thrown so many things politically up in the air. It's really, it's really uh, complex. But hopefully there's going to be, you know, some relief thanks to the governor's new uh, you know, new rules and, uh, but you know, it's still the process of trying to get petitions into hands of candidates so they can file them by Friday. So, you know, there's just a lot going on, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things to coordinate. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's just, it's such a, it's such a period of unknowns. We really don't, uh, this is just all such uncharted territory. Um, I, I do know that you have a couple of other things that you are working on, one of which is postcarding. I know that you're right. you're working on that, but you also are going to be hosting a, a video uh, webcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're going to have a webcast tomorrow night, which is Tuesday. I, I'm always like, what day is it? I know, <laughs> oh, it's right? Tuesday. Yeah. Yes, Tuesday night um, with one of our members who's a therapist and uh, a couple of members who are therapists. And so they're going to do a Q&A session just talking about managing stress and anxiety during this time. And you think about it being you know, kind of outside your basic political activism work. But the response that we've had to offering this up via Zoom call has been tremendous. So, uh, you know, you can just see that, again, having the sense that whatever we can do to kind of build that sense of community and foster the sense of community, even if it's helping people manage their stress, it's going to pay off in the long run because then they're going to be more equipped to – keep doing the political work yep. and the activism and the civic work that we need for the long term. So it really is just kind of that self-care really needs to be a part of what we talk about when we're at, when we're uh, working with volunteers and when we're trying to get people activated, that that really is something that we need to make sure that we give, you know, people an opportunity uh, to, you know, to do. 
Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think people need things to do right now. And, and <laughs> because really, you do lose this sense of agency in all of this when you're just sort of stuck at home and you're just constantly, which I do and I shouldn't do, and I'm just constantly refreshing my Twitter feed and, and my social right. media feed. And it's just like you can kind of go slowly insane. And, and, so, and I have a couple teenagers, so that's just oh a whole nother boy. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety and your teenagers who you're stuck at home with. I mean, there's just a lot going on. There <laughs> is a lot. Well, I just, I wanted to say, uh, two things. One is um, we are with you in spirit uh, from Washington State. I know that you and I have talked about potentially doing a joint podcast uh, and we might be able to figure out some sort of call-in situation. So everybody stay tuned for that. I think that would be great. Me too. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. But in the meantime, I just want to say uh, our best to uh, everybody out your way in, in Westchester and uh, we you know, wish you the best and, and take good care. Stay healthy and safe. Thanks so much. And again, I look forward to trying to put together some sort of podcast and any kind of advice. I mean, I think this is where we can all support each other. Again, as the indivisible community, whether we're here in Westchester, New York State or Washington, I mean, we're all in it together and it's important that we try and do that. So nobody, I think, has the answer. We're just all going to learn and grow and and try and prosper and survive together. So thank you so much. That is the indivisible way. (laughs) Thank you, Shannon. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast Podcast Network. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.